Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Here's our other teenage girl who would use her body. And coming in, he, the angel, said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. Now, I want you to get a picture of Mary here. Mary is not an airheaded teenage girl. Mary's not a, oh, wow, there's an angel in the room with me, you know? She's not glossed over here. She's not saying, whatever. She, she's not. She takes that salutation, and she takes it seriously, and she starts to analyze it. The Bible says she kept pondering in her mind what manner of salutation this might be. What's God up to here? She's intimidated, but yet not so intimidated she doesn't think. I want you to see Mary is a very competent young lady. The angel says, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. <laughs> you know what he just told Mary? He just said this to Mary. Mary, you have been chosen to change the world. You have been chosen to redirect the course of history. Now let me ask you a question. What would it be like for you to have an angel come into your room to speak with the voice of God and say to you, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And say to you, in effect, you have been chosen to change the world. You want me to let you in on something? Any of you who are Christians have heard that voice. Hail, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Any of you in here who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior have been chosen to be used to change the world. Do you know why? All of your accomplishments are not satisfying because you have not connected them with your main purpose. You have not connected them with the larger picture of why God lets you accomplish what he does. You're here to change the world. <laughs> and so I want you all to see yourselves as 
someone who God comes to and says, I'm going to use you. But I want you to contemplate another question while you're here. What would it have been like to hear and understand this message as a teenager? Do you think your life would have been any different? Do you think you would have taken yourself any more seriously? Do you think you would have have understood your potency and your power any better? Do you think you would have had to fool with all the self-esteem mumbo-jumbo that you have to go through sometimes now? When you hear from God himself, you've been chosen. I want to tell you, it changes your whole world. It changes your whole life. How badly do your teenagers need to hear this message? If they are of the Lord, how badly do they need to hear every day not what they could accomplish, but why they were born. How badly do they need to think that through to their great excitement and profound humility. Read the rest of the story with me. It says, And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I'm a virgin? You see, Mary was still thinking. She was not questioning God. Not like Zacharias questioned God. Remember when the angel came to Zacharias and said, Hey, Zacharias, your wife's going to have a son. And Zacharias said, Oh, yeah? Well, how am I to know for sure? He questioned God. And so the angel said, Well, be quiet a while and think about it. (laughs) And he had to remain silent for the rest of Elizabeth's pregnancy. He was questioning God. But Mary is inquiring of the Lord. There's a difference here. When you inquire of the Lord, you're saying, Lord, tell me more so I can cooperate. Tell me more so I can get this thing right. (laughs) Tell me more so I can give myself to you. And so he does. He tells her more. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. You know God is so good. (laughs) He not only gives us challenges, he gives us companions. And that's what the angel was doing right there. He says, Mary, I don't want you to go through this thing alone. I'm going to give you a companion. And look at Mary's humble response. She didn't go ask her mom what to do. She didn't even go ask her fiancé what to do. She looked at God and took authority for her own decisions. And she said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. What is the difference here between these two girls? One understands why she was born. One understands that she has a purpose in life greater than all of her accomplishments added together. One understands that God has his hand on her and is building inside of her what will redirect the course of history. What is the difference between 
your children who are secure in facing the future and those who aren't. It's the difference between coming to grips with that understanding and not. It is never too early for believing children to be told again and again and again and again, you have been chosen to change the world. They long to know why they're here. They long to have a purpose. They long to have a sense of mystery about life. Your kids need to hear that. Your teenagers need to hear that. Because of two reasons. First of all, because they need to know that there's not this great world of competition out there, that there's always a winner and there's always a loser. You see, that's what Salome knew. Somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. I win, John loses his head. That's the way the world goes. You train your kids like that, they'll become rough competitors, but empty inside. They need to know that there's a way to conduct your life in a way that everybody wins. Nobody loses. They need to know that. And they need to know, watch this, how powerful their lives are right now. They need to know not to despise their youth. And you need to know, if you've never heard this message before, the purpose of your life is not to despise your own inadequacies, no matter what they are. Don't despise your youth. Don't despise your inadequacy, because what you see as an inadequacy, God sees as a testimony. God will use it in a mighty way. And here's one more thing, and then I'll quit. You parents, don't stop talking to your kids. Don't stop it. I, you can't believe how many parents I see that, that, that their kids get to be teenagers, and, and the parents say something like, well, my job's pretty well done. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, no, it isn't. The first conflict, the parents say, well, I can't do anything. If, if, if I haven't done a good job up till now, uh, then it's never going to get done. Wait a minute. You've got to realize, and if you haven't got teenagers, you've probably got friends like this who are struggling for their own power base and just as lost as lost can be. And they need somebody to say continually to them, you are here to make a difference in the world, and I'm going to encourage you to do that no matter what you do. And I'm going to keep talking to your ears fall off. As long as you're in this house, I'm going to be telling you who you are and how much God wants in your life. And you know what happens when you don't tell them that anymore? They think you've given up. And that's the most devastating, the most lonely feeling in the world. Parents, don't stop talking to your teenagers. Don't stop telling them how important they are and how God has chosen them to change the world. Don't ever, ever, ever give up.